Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of Three Count Podcast. It's your boy Nick in the building, holding it down while Isaac is away. And I just want to start off this episode by giving out, um, on behalf of Three Count Podcast, um, sending out our condolences to John Singleton's family. Um, As you may already know, he passed away um, just a couple days ago at the age of 51 after suffering a stroke. Um, it's absolutely sad. Uh, the man has been behind some amazing work, uh, higher learning, boys in the hood, poetic justice, baby boy, so on and so forth. Um, he's given, um, young black, you know, actors and actresses a moment, uh, 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 like that opportunity to shine, uh, Taraji P. Henson, um, Tyrese, Ice Cube, uh, Janet Jackson, Tupac. I mean, the man is, um, He's incredible and the first African-American to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Director. So um, the man, it's sad. Um, His legacy will live on. And um, if you guys haven't seen any of his uh, work, I highly suggest you do. Um, The man is incredible. And um, we need to start giving people that love now. Um, Giving them the roses while they can still smell it. It's uh, something that has been said a lot but we really need to do that because you just never know you have you just never know um but anyway let's uh let's just go into uh this week of wrestling um it's been kind of weird but let's get into it anyway um so the show starts off on raw with a moment of bliss and alexa bliss is standing in the ring and she's revealing the new the participants for this year's money in the bank uh the raw team anyway um and the and the entrants are ricochet braun Strowman, uh drew mcintyre baron corbin why is baron corbin in this match why not i mean what sucks is that you have the new and improved mustache of robert rude why isn't he in this match um i see so much more going on with uh with uh, robert rude now than before and this is a great opportunity to um put him in that and if we're gonna interject him in the mid card scene it's gonna take some time um because they're still finishing out some stuff there but uh we shall go on because this ends up turning into a tag team match um with braun Strowman and ricochet going against drew mcintyre and baron corbin a fairly decent match going into it um it was one of those where you can see the setup happening but um, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre exchanged some words earlier, and that actually seeps into this match where uh, Drew McIntyre is going in for the kill, and here comes Baron Corbin with the blind tag, going to come in and steal the spotlight once again. And for his trouble, Drew McIntyre punches him in the face and ends up setting up... Uh, with the running power slam on him, uh, Strowman hitting him with the running power slam, and then Ricochet with the forfeit or the shooting star press. So um, the good guys go in and win, but Drew McIntyre is still looking good going into uh, this match and uh, or going into the uh, into Money in the Bank. I feel like this is going to be a really good uh, setup. I just don't like that Baron Corbin is in. Again, I would rather see um, Robert Roode, 
um, this newfound intensity, and he was such a great heel down in NXT. I think that this will work very well for him. Um, so next we see the Usos uh, coming into the ring, and they are singing their theme song. Uh, weird, but if this is something that they're going to continue to do and give that good guy, I just don't like it. I like them being well, what they've been, what they've created over the past uh, year or so. I like that. So just have them come out with that same energy and intensity, and whoever they face, you're going to know whether or not they're the heel or the face. So um, anyway, they go out there, and their opponents are the newly, uh, the new team brought over in the draft, because I guess this is an ending, the Good Brothers, Big Luke and Carl Anderson. Um, pretty good match. It was, uh, it was fun. I like to see these, team, these two teams go at it. Um, Carl Anderson is uh, such an underrated wrestler. Like, th- actually, this team is highly underrated, in my opinion. Um, at, in, in the scope of great tag teams, we talk about the Usos and the New Day, but uh, this tandem is amazing. Uh, we all know that the Revival was great. Raw's tag team division is super stacked, and the point of bringing um, the Good Brothers over, I hope there's a longer play, because SmackDown's tag team division is completely diminished. Um you have the B team over there, and you have who else? I, in my opinion, I feel like AOP is going to go over there. Um, and you have Heavy Machinery, um, the Hardy Boys, the New Day's already like stuck in the um, main title picture, and Big E's out for a while. So the SmackDown's tag team is very lackluster at the moment. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so anyway, uh, the match ends with Jimmy and Jay uh, picking up the victory. And they reveal a video of Scott Dawson getting his back shaved by Dash Wilder. And yes, it was hilarious. It really was. Um, but it looks like this is going to be... Um, it, the, 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 it looks like this is going to be their feud going in. But again, this is another week of the tag team champions not really being utilized. So... I don't, I don't get it, but hey, it's raw. They, quote-unquote, know what they're doing. Uh, next up, we have Ms. TV, and his guest is none other than Bobby Lashley. Um, so it's nice to see Ms. TV back on Raw, and I'm with that. Um, and they exchanged some words back and forth. Um, Bobby Lashley hit him with the uh since i've been here i've won the intercontinental championship twice what have you done and miz run down his resume and then you realize holy shit the miz is a bona fide hall of famer and he's not even 40 yet like this man could do it this man i mean the miz is has earned the right to be a future hall of famer like let's let's be real um so then they get into a match and shane mcmahon ends up coming out and uh, as he got closer and closer to the ring, um, Miz found himself to force himself to play like defense and offense. Um, Shane finally got Miz's attention by putting up a picture of <clears throat> the Miz's dad on the Titantron. And Lashley came in with the spear, one, two, three, and that's the rest. Um, or that's the end of it. And then uh, Shane comes in and he puts him in the triangle until he went to sleep. Miz isn't getting rid of Shane McMahon anytime soon. So, 
it's nice to know that they will continue this because they had a phenomenal match um, at at WrestleMania. So this is going to be great. And also The Miz ended up challenging him to a steel cage match and Shane accepted. So this is going to be good. I, I, I like this. Uh, I really do. I wish that The Miz was also in Money in the Bank, but I'm not mad at him continuing this uh, beef with Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is pulling double duty, y'all. This is great. Uh, and uh, the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, I guess they are sticking with it. Uh, they defeated the Lucha House Party and obviously just a uh, just a beatdown. I mean, uh, the, the Lucha House Party was going to try to jump in and try to beat that ass as quickly as they can, but Eric and Ivar, they're just too damn much. Um, they, they lost the match, um, got snuffed out, whatever you want to call it. It was good for what it was. Um, and if they're building the Raiders to be um, like a, a, a true heel faction or a heel team, eh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, there was a good spot in the match where um, it was Ivar. He gets... Um, they hit the uh, Viking experience. Uh, that was such, that's such a good. It's a good move. I just hate the name. Uh, that's just me though. Um, so later on, Alexa Bliss comes out again to finish um, announcing the rest of the participants for the women's Money in the Bank um, ladder match, and it is Naomi, Natalia, and Dana Brooke, and of course Alexa Bliss. She had to interject herself. Of course, why not? Um, me personally, I am happy as hell to see Dana Brooke in this match. Um, she's worked her ass off to earn this opportunity. Um, out of the women on Raw, um, they're not going to push her to be the one to win this match. Who is that? Anyway, they're not going to push her to be the one to win the match, but it is exciting to see her in this and I can't wait to see what she can do in this in this type of environment um she's given the opportunity and uh all I can say is hey let's go uh Dana Brooke I love it let's go um but then uh Naomi gets into the ring and calls out Alexa and they get into that match and uh Naomi wins with a split leg moonsault. She's so goddamn talented. I wonder if she can hit a starship pain. Like, uh, I, I love that move. And if she was able to pull that off, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. Um, and then the next segment, we get uh, Bray Wyatt and his Firefly Funhouse. Which, I'm I'm sold. I'm, I'm hella sold. Because this looks like it's geared to children. And he's bringing them in. Um, but... I like the fact that they are continuing on with the with the theme of him being so demented. Like there's something wrong. Um I I hope that they introduce like a character, another character um into this whole thing where it's like the doctor and he's the one who performed like the procedure to help alter Bray Wyatt's uh brain and his thinking. Um, that's just something that I'm thinking. I I would love that. I really would. Um, it's just great. It, it's really good stuff. And uh, uh, maybe I can pull up uh, this clip from it because it was actually really good. Um, I'm like really down for this. 
just because it's something it's it's a little new it's a little different um i i at first was kind of upset because i like bray wyatt being that demented and being that dark but now with this he can pull up a whole new persona <clears throat> and i'm with it so it's great but let's let's check this flick out As you can see, I love to paint. Painting is a way for me to uh, express my suppressed feelings. And when you're expressing yourself, no one can ever truly hurt you. <laughs> What's up, Ray? Are you painting over there, dude? Hey, it's Rambling Rabbit. I sure am, Rambling Rabbit. Would you like to see? <laughs> well, ta-da! Rambling rabbit, happy the witch is awake. Whoa, I'm out of here. What did I tell you about fooling around in the funhouse? You didn't learn your lesson from last time, did you? You were a very bad boy. Whoa, take it easy, Abby. That's all in the past. Besides, I'm really sorry for what I did. I mean, all of you forgive me, right? <laughs> Fine. Just keep it down while I'm trying to get my beauty rest. That's Abby the Witch. She's a bit of a sociopath. <laughs> hey, is sociopath like the word of the day or something? You know what, Rambling Rabbit? I think you're right. Sociopath is the word of the day. Sociopath. S-O-C-I-O-P-A-T-H. Sociopath. <laughs> Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way, and all you have to do is let me in. See ya! <laughs> Bye! Thank you! So, I like it. I, I don't know about y'all, but I like it. Um, it's, it's dark. It's, it's crazy. It's so Bray Wyatt. Like, I'm with it. Um... I'm just hella excited about what's going to happen, his first feud. Um, I hope that it continues on week by week and tells like a story that's geared towards um, like someone specific. Like I'm really excited for that. Um, but we'll see. We have some time. I, I hope this takes a little bit more time rather than just like we see him in the next like week. Um, after after uh, Money in the Bank or even during. Um, I want to see that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Naomi and Alexa Bliss already said that, and uh, yeah, so next up we have Becky Lynch in this next segment, and she's um, coming out there and talking about why, in fact, she decided to take on both of them, and it was because she felt like she didn't want to hold it hostage, hold the titles hostage. She knew that going in and holding both of those titles, she was gonna have a target on her back, so she wanted to go out there and actually go and fight um and she called out Lacey Evans Lacey Evans comes out and she said that she was done talking came down they got into a scrape and it was dope 
But my favorite part was hearing Becky Lynch scream at Lacey and says, go in the back and make me some cookies. Like, I love that. I love that. Um, but the next one, um, I mentioned earlier about uh, the tag team champions not being featured as much. Um, uh, they should be the top priority because they are the tag team champions. And I feel like it's just more of like they don't have really like a solid plan for them. Everything else is being built except for these two. Um, they're the champions. They've been champions for a month um, with no real direction. They're just holding on to it. Um, but they got into it with the Revival. The Revival had something to prove after that embarrassing moment earlier in the night. Um, the top guys did all that they could, but they ended up taking the L. Damn. Another one. Well, we'll see how it goes in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially with their beef with the Usos. So this is going to be good. Uh, Sami Zayn comes out in his segment, and he's declaring that he wants to take the power back from the WWE Universe. He's not... He's not, like, slowing down anytime soon when it comes to his lectures to the people. And that's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, the most brilliant thing that they can do for him is to continue to give him the mic because this shit is working. Um, he talked about how he uh, went to the airport and um, a five-year-old came over and gave him an aut one of his autograph and he told him no. And it, it was just brilliantly told brilliantly told um the man is doing a great great service right now um talking about how he basically he's given up his body three shoulder surgeries and 17 years of classic matches that's what he gave us and now he's going to give us what he wants to give us i mean the man's doing great the man's good uh next up we see um ray mysterio going one-on-one -on -one with Samoa Joe after that embarrassing loss at WrestleMania. Um, personally, I felt that it would have been better if they wouldn't have had Rey Mysterio come out at all at WrestleMania. Um, it did nothing for the legacy of Rey Mysterio, but it absolutely did nothing for Samoa Joe. Um, because in that moment, he could have had a great classic match with anyone else okay maybe not anyone else but i'm more looking at john cena he could have had something with john cena and that would have been amazing um but john cena's busy you know now he's gonna do fast and furious 82 whatever um but the the match was pretty good um uh the samoa joe tried to go in with the coquina clutch once more um but Ended up with Rey Mysterio getting the roll-up win. Um, and what's dope is that his son comes out and puts him on his shoulders and they walk out. Um, this is this is interesting and I like that they are putting in, um, <clears throat> that they are uh, introducing Dominic to the world. I feel like there's going to be like a swerve in the end um, where it's going to be him and his dad going at it sometime in the future. Or maybe Samoa Joe goes after uh, Dominic. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's some sort of coming along. And um, I can't wait to see it. So, lastly, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, contract signing. These things never go as planned, but they always go as planned. Uh, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, the match that we've um, been wanting to see. First time we're going to see it in WWE. 
Um, it's a long time coming, and I'm one, me personally, I'm just really excited for this match. Um, but uh, it's looking good. They sign the contract, they get into a brawl, and it's a good one. And then AJ Styles puts Seth Rollins through a table with a phenomenal forearm. Was this too much? Probably. But is this hella good? Yes. It To me, this was the best matchup and the best thing that could have happened for these two. And it was the best segment in the entire night, really. Um, a lot of the matches, in my opinion, were a little lackluster. Like, they weren't as great. Like, they were good. Uh, the storytelling wasn't as solid as I would want it to be. Um, but it was a pretty good show, and I'm not going to, like, really destroy it. I'm not. Um, because it was actually a lot a lot better than it's been in the past couple of weeks. I, again, don't want uh, Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin into this match. I have money in the bank, but he's there, and we just got to deal with it. Like, whatever. Sorry. Um, but Raw was pretty good. Now, let's jump into SmackDown. SmackDown opens up with Kofi Kingston in the ring, the new WWE champion. Um he comes in smiling, throwing pancakes. Um, I I have mixed feelings about it. One, I would want him to be uh, coming out angry. I would want him to be more of a uh, more pissed off and sad about the things that's going on, or the things that have happened uh, last week. But um, Kofi sticking um, sticking to what Kofi does best, and I admire the shit out of it. Um, but the thing that I don't like about this is that they spent a good majority of the time recapping again his whole journey into uh, to getting back to the or not getting back to but get to the WWE Championship. And we didn't need all that. We really didn't because we already know. And if you're trying to capitalize on the emotion, um, we're already ecstatic every time we see him with the belt. So there's no need to go back and um, recap or remind us of his journey. We know. Um, but he's going in and he's talking about how he feels uh, Kevin Owens just uh, did Kevin Owens. And if he really wanted a match, he should have just um, asked for one. Um, and, then it's, uh, and then it's the end. Uh, Kevin Owens comes out and they trade words and of course in true fashion the man the myth the legend Xavier Woods comes out and tries to cut him short takes a super kick for his troubles and KO disappears in the back so that's how the night started and a match that I really wanted to see that I was really anticipating on when I saw it Becky Lynch versus Bailey. now I like this new aggression that's coming out from Bailey. I really do. Um, and this new aggression from Becky Lynch is great. So let's put these two in the ring and see what they can do. Um, Bailey's coming out swinging and strong. She's looking great. Um, she's actually like trying to remind not only Becky, but us how good she actually is. Like we forgot. And honestly, we did a little. Um, the match was great. Um, Becky comes out or and puts her in the disarm her. 
Um, she got the submission victory, and out comes Charlotte Flair and kicks her in the head and throws Bailey into the the post. And she exits the, uh, the arena with a smile on her face. No words needed. Becky Lynch is in trouble, y'all. This actually looks really good for her. Um, her getting beat up on both Raw and SmackDown is making her look amazing. Uh, they're booking her really damn good. So this is this is great. Um, and also, this is the first time that those two actually had a match. That's crazy. I, I had no idea. That that was the first time that they ever fought on um, NXT or on WWE TV. So that's that's great. Um, I'm with that. And some sad news: the Hardy Boys come out and they have to relinquish the tag team titles due to Jeff Hardy being injured. Um, they tried to show that it was uh, Lars Sullivan, so it was great that they are utilizing um, that injury to push Lars Sullivan. It's uh, fantastic. Very smart and calculated. Um, So we're not going to see Jeff Hardy for at least six to nine months. We don't know the severity of the injury. We actually don't even know really what it is. We just know that it's um, a knee injury. Um, So it's kind of cool. And then here comes Lars Sullivan. Comes out, beats up Matt. He's going after Jeff. And then here comes Arch Truth with the chair, hits him in the back, and Lars Sullivan basically laughs that shit off. And when he tries to swing it again, he knocks the chair out of his hand with his fist, yo. That's redonk. Redonkulous. Um, so I don't know who Lars Sullivan is going to get into it with first, but damn. I'm, I'm excited because I do like Lars Sullivan. I liked him on NXT. Um, and this is going to be interesting to see how he's going to be showcased and how he's going to get um, how he's going to get thrown into matches and stuff. This is going to be great. Um, next up, we have Kyrie Sane and Oscar defeating some some two chicks that don't even matter. They won. The only thing of note of here is the Iconics is sitting at the table. I love those two. I really do. Um, it took a minute for me to like Billy Kay. And I'm still, eh, but I like them together. I like when they talk because they sound ridiculous, but it's fantastic. So that's great. Um, Roman Reigns comes out and he has to answer as to why he attacked Vince McMahon. It's simple. It's my yard now. I got to make an impact. So I knocked the hell out of Vince McMahon. Simple enough. I'll take it. Um, And Shane McMahon comes out. Still determined <laughs> to to make Roman Reigns pay for hitting his father. So he puts him in a one-on-two handicap match with Elias as a special guest referee enforcer. And as soon as this was like announced, goes to commercial, I say, pretty sure the B team is just going to beat his ass and it's just going to be headlock after headlock and they're going to wear him down and somehow Roman Reigns is going to overcome uh Superman punch Superman punch spear and one two three he's going to win it exactly happened like that exactly happened like that um he Superman punched Elias Superman punched uh what's his face the other one Bray Wyatt's little brother Bo Dallas um and then he spears um, another Superman punch that um, 
Curtis Axel and led to a spear and one, two, three. That's it. All right. And in the next segment, it was announced that the four men, the four entrants in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match would be. Oh, and I didn't mention uh, Bailey will be in the women's ladder match. She was announced by graphic, whatever. And then Mandy and um, Mandy and uh, what the hell is her name? Uh, Sonya Deville were talking about who is going to be put into the women's main event or the women's Money in the Bank, and it's going to be Mandy Rose. And the last two participants will be Ember Moon and Carmella. Um, I guess that's solid. I guess it's solid. There's not a lot of people that's left on uh, in the women's division because the tag team division for the women is looking pretty good. Um, so who else is going to go for it? Might as well be those um, those women. Um, and Ember Rose is a surprising pick. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how she's going to uh, be the difference. But I still have like that faith that Mandy Rose is going to actually come in and win. Um, it'd be good to see her go against Becky Lynch. Um, but Ember Moon is a fantastic competitor, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match um, participants will be Finn Balor, Randy Orton, Andrade, and Mustafa Ali. I really hate that they just call him Ali. But I kind of like it. No, I don't. No, I don't. That's a lie. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, so they go back and forth, and it looks like it's going to be... Um, it looks like it's going to be Randy Orton and Andrade coming out um, victor- victorious. But the faces have it, and Finn Balor and Ali pick up the win with a 450 splash in the corner to Andrade. Doesn't sit well with Randy Orton, though. He comes out of nowhere and hits an RKO on Finn Balor after the match, but Ali would not allow the same fate to happen. Beating up Randy Orton, and all four begin to look at uh, the men's money in the bank ladder match in the future. This is going to be good. The show ends with the KO show, and his guest was going to be Xavier Woods. But, of course, Xavier Woods can't come out because he's hurt in the back, and he starts to bring out the toys of Biggie with with some tape on his leg because Biggie is hurt. Speedy recovery, friend. And Xavier Woods' um, toy action figures on the chair, just chilling and talks down to them Kofi Kingston comes out he's not having it and he whoops that ass and the show ends with Kofi Kingston staring off with Kevin Owens so that match has been confirmed at Money in the Bank and I'm I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a good dynamic between those two um it feels fresh it feels fresh to see these two men going for the WWE championship in my opinion, it feels really fresh. Um, one face that we aren't used to seeing in the main event, and another one that we have seen in the main event, but isn't a, a isn't a phenomenal wrestler. So it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Uh, Two hundred five live. We saw two matches, of course, um, and we saw the re-debuting on 205 Live, the Singh Brothers go against Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. 
um, for the first time since the first ever episode, the Sin Brothers. <laughs> the first time ever since the first ever episode. That's crazy. Um, they have a match, and it looks like they're actually going to do well. And it's surprising to me to bring them um, onto 205 Live because it's either they are still going to be with Jinder Mahal or there's no real direction for him. So they're going to send those two back because of the men um, that have been called up uh, from 205 Live. So it's going to be interesting. Another thing, I wanted um, I wanted to see the best kept secret on in the, in the ladder match. But getting Ali is great. So... I'll take it. Um, despite the back and forth, um, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado pick up the win. Um, decent match. Not really anything to write home about. Um, and then um, in the next segment, Brian Kendrick uh, made his way to the ring against a local competitor. And he was attacked by Mike Kanellis, um, Kendrick's uh, friend Akira, Akira Tozawa, Ran to his aid, and all-out brawl broke out between uh, those guys. Um, it's reached an all-time high, and Tazawa and Canales had to be separated by um, the officials and stuff. So um, the man with the plan was unable to compete, and I fuck with the Brian Kendrick so heavy. That's that's my dude. Um, and for the main event, we saw Tony Nice go against Drew Gulak. Uh, which was a, a very a great match between these two guys. Um, I didn't realize how good Tony Nese actually was until he's, he had the match against Buddy Murphy. Like, I knew he was talented, but he it felt like he was always on the losing end and the matches weren't as, um, weren't as great. But this was a good showing of what he actually can do in the ring and drew gulak is a is a monster um so after tony nice um escapes his submission uh the gulak uh nice sees the opportunity to drop gulak in the corner or gulak in the corner with the german suplex and he hit him with the running nice for the win so that's how that ended uh, 205 Live is looking good for the next couple of weeks. Um, and for NXT, we had the anticipated, the long anticipated Kushida's debut on NXT. Oh, that was so, that's so good. So good. Um, first match of the night was the Forgotten Sons versus Humberto Carrillo, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. I'm hell hype on. I'm hella hype on Oni Lorcan, dude. I, I'm, I'm hella hype on him. That's my dude. Um, so Lorcan Starks in the ring with uh, Steve Cutler from the Forgotten Sons. Um, a huge back and forth. Um, Humberto looked great in this match. Uh, looked really good. Um, but um, Carrillo tries to make the save um, in the match. Um, but jumps into a double axe handle from Jackson. Um, he holds both Herbero and Danny um, for a tandem double stop for his partners, and that's it. Um, match over. Uh, Blake, um, yeah, Blake uh, pins Birch, and that's the end. They lost. Yeah, Forgotten Sons. I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I am interested to see more of the Forgotten Sons and see what they're gonna do. 
um, it's an, they have an interesting little pack, but I feel like it's only going to be good in NXT, and there's just still more developing that needs to happen there. I just, I, I just have a weird feeling about them in on the NXT main ro- or the WWE main roster. Um, Kathy Kelly tries to talk to um, Shayna Baszler and the other horsewomen, um, and she said that she has no sympathy for the Sky Pirates. Um, it's done with Kyrie saying, uh, Kelly asked if she was frustrated because she never pinned Io Shirai, but Shirai has pinned her. And uh, Shayna Baszler smacked the mic out of uh, Kathy's hands and just walked off. Um, uh, Nigel throws in a, a clip from the Performance Center. Uh, Belair, Bianca Belair, my girl, talking trash to Mia Yim during a workout. Um, Yim gets down in her face while... Um, uh, Brookside tries to t- uh, to break it up, and the EST eventually storms off, and it sets up the match for Mia Yim <clears throat> and uh, Shayna Baszler next week. So that's gonna be good. Um, Dominic Dijakovic defeats Mansoor. I guess that's his name, Mansoor. Um, so that was that. But um, Kyle O'Reilly says in the in a recap of. Uh, that Johnny Gargano is the luckiest man on earth. Bobby Fish agrees. Um, Roderick Strong is, says it's not about last week. It's about next week when Cole goes up against Riddle. Um, and they agree. Adam Cole agrees. And they're saying they're undisputed because they move on. So they're not focused on Roddy screwing up. Um, Strong takes issue with that. And their promo music stops and storms off. Yeah. Fish sides with Roddy. And Cole tries to play it off as a joke. Um, Kyle O'Reilly sticks with the former uh, North American champ and says they'll get through it. And so it looks like a house is being broken up, or maybe this is just a, a little joke to try to throw people off. We'll see. And then we have the debut of Kushida versus Cassius Ono. Oh, I'm sorry, Cassius, because he's been correcting folks lately. Um, so Kushida just offers his hand. As a sign of respect, Cash just kicks it away because he's an asshole. Um, they get into it, and it was a damn good match. I was actually really surprised um, watching Kushida over in Japan. I wondered how it was going to be um, with him coming over to WWE and wrestling their style and how they want things done. Um, but it was good. And then um, Kushida picks up the victory via submission with the hoverboard lock. Nasty. Nasty. So he picked up his uh, win in his debut. Fire. Go Kushida. I think he's going to have a pretty good future. I wonder if they're going to like put him in mid-card scene or put him in um, 205 Live. Uh, I feel like he deserves more. Um, well, there's not a lot of news, but um, we'll get into some. Dean Ambrose at midnight. At midnight, he dropped a new promo. Bringing back his old uh, his old gimmick of John Moxley, um, I watched it. I'm pretty sure a lot of you have, and it looks good. It looks good, and it makes me think if he's gonna go back to CZW or anything like that. But there has been um, some some thoughts that he's just gonna go to um, AEW. Me personally, watching it over and over and then seeing those things that people were pointing at it made me think he might be um if you look at the wall where it has the um 
the stitch marks to count the days or the hours that he was there. Um, it shows the number 25 that's highlighted. And then when he's walking past um, a, a brick wall and it has uh, the snake with the dice on it, the dice say 25 as well. Uh, the dice is, uh, you know, obviously that's what that's the logo that they're using for AEW's Double or Nothing. And it's on the 25th, 2-5. So that's that's kind of interesting to, to leak that or to show that. But there's also um, from Bubba Ray or Bully Ray, he uh, had more of an idea that maybe WWE might have helped with this. Um, all of the equity that has been built up in the Dean Ambrose name would be gone would now be gone. Um, Ray said when asked if WWE would really introduce Ambrose under, a Ambrose under a name that he used before signing with the company years ago. He would be basically starting from day one as a new character, new action figures, new t-shirts, new everything. So what do we do with Dean Ambrose now? They have invested entirely too much money. Now, am I saying that it can't happen? Absolutely not. Because if there's anything I've learned and I believe we have learned, when it comes to the world of WWE, anything can be done because it's the world of sports entertainment. Um, if Vince McMahon is willing to blow up limousines and take over tractor trailers and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get Braun Strowman over in a three-minute segment, what's to say he might not decide to scrap 10 years of the building up of the character and start to do something new? Do I think that's what's going, what's going to happen? Absolutely freaking not. But we have seen in the past Vince is willing to spend money to make money. And that's fair. But is it a bit far-fetched to believe that maybe WWE is going to do all of that? Is it that far-fetched? Looking back on what he just said, yeah, it's not. Because we... We've seen him do so much, Vince McMahon do so much, in order to make money and in order to make a product work. And if the idea is we're going to get rid of Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose is no longer with WWE. And then at midnight, when his contract is supposed to be up with WWE, here comes this video of John Moxley. I don't know. Um, it could be that. Or it could be just simply he is going somewhere else. He is done. Um, if I saw John Moxley pop up on WWE TV in the next couple of weeks, I, I don't know. I probably would think he probably got a shit ton of money to come back. But I also think that it's kind of to do all this big, big shit to say goodbye to The Shield, to say goodbye to Dean Ambrose. Um, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a waste and, and fans would be a little confused. Um, and I'd be fearful of what they would do with him, with this John Moxley. Because if he isn't able to have that freedom to do what he used to do, um, minus all the blood and shit, um, then we're just getting Dean Ambrose again. That that's my fear with it. Um. So, Cody Rhodes responded 
to the video of <laughs> of um, of his brother. And I personally thought that that was fantastic. Oh my gosh. I sat there, watched that, and I thought, damn, he murdered that. He absolutely murdered that. And it's, oh, excuse me. And it's all because, um, it's all just because He's so good at telling stories. Cody, he's really good at telling stories and being, um, just being him. It's fantastic. So if you guys haven't heard it or seen it, um, I'm going to play just a little bit of it. Well, it's only four minutes long. I'll let you guys hear the whole thing because this is, it's really good. I love my brother. I have always loved my brother. When you're a little kid and you're going to the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, and here he comes, tall, blonde, every woman in the place going absolutely nuts for him. At one point, he was my hero. You know, there's this regular jilted and lazy trope commentators in wrestling will use. You'll hear them say, the prodigal son, I have to wonder, I'm curious, who out there listening actually understands the morals and the implications in Luke 15, 11 in that parable? Two brothers, one does everything right, one works very hard, tries to keep his family whole. The other goes abroad, pours about, makes every conceivable wrong choice he possibly made. But it's the first brother was equally in the wrong because he has an expectancy from the father for all his good deeds, and none of it matters. The father loved them the same. I've sat on enough couches telling my story to know which brother I am. I'm good with it. And this notion of brother versus brother, of, of natural versus nightmare, it's all very marketable. It's all very romantic, albeit not very accurate. What's accurate is that this match is generation versus generation. I'm not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers has been compared to the gilded late 90s to the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some brawl and panty spectacular match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, electric as it was, rhyming and raising. Was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the road. They gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's that's literally what happens when that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes and its fluttered breaths of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. Don't just leave it as you love it. You pull from the hip, you roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber, you pull the hammer back, you do not anticipate the recoil and you blow it away. I love my brother. That was good as fuck and especially when he uh, was comparing what Triple H does or has done to saying that that's excitement or great wrestling, but saying that was that really better than Kenny and Okada or um, The Rock and everything that he said, was that really better than what Punk said on the, on the stage? Like, I felt that. And I said, holy shit, I'm fucking ready. I'm so fucking ready. 25th cannot come any faster. I, I wish it was here today because that was incredible. It, and it makes me more excited for this match than just seeing the fact that it was going to be Dustin and Cody. Um, I'm, I'm hype. I'm hype.
Um, lastly, I just want to get into this last thing. Uh, Brock Lesnar has claimed, or at least the others in MMA or UFC have claimed that he is retired from mixed martial arts. So it's it's sad to see, but and it's the only reason why it's sad to see is because. I feel as though Brock Lesnar is coming back to WWE, and I have no idea what the hell he's gonna do. I mean, we know that he, that him, Goldberg, and Undertaker are gonna be at um, the Saudi Arabia show, whatever that's gonna be called. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And um, also, Rhino is going to his contract is up in July. Um, we don't know what's going to happen next, but he is going to start, um, accepting some independent bookings. Um, so it looks like he's going to be leaving the company once his contract is up. Um, we'll see. It's going to be good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's it. I'm going to get out of here. Um, I got so much shit to do, but thanks so much for, uh, tuning in once again. Um, you guys are awesome, and I don't know what the hell I should play out with, because he always plays out with something. Um, I don't know. Actually, I'll go with, uh, nah, I have nothing. Yeah, I'll just go out with uh, another bit of uh, Seth Rollins. So, take that, and see you guys next week. Peace.